G'day, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Life of Mine. Matty Michael here. Thanks to all the new Instagram and YouTube subscribers. Keep them coming. You'll see plenty of AU Falcon appreciation photos on Instagram. And please make sure you subscribe to the Life of Mine YouTube channel. And when you watch a video, click that bloody like button because it really helps in spreading the videos around. There's big plans for the YouTube channel. Stay tuned. Hope you've all enjoyed the Mining Stock Daily Australia episode in collaboration with Trevor Hall from Denver, Colorado. Hoping to do one of these each week to present the Mining News Week. That was in true blue Life of Mine style. Bit of practice to nail the newsreader voice, but I will prevail. So, for this episode, it can be described by a couple of words. Controversial. Head-turning goes against the grain and it's also my first face-to-face interview with my bromance adam turns welcome to the show turns he turns he was in perth for a mining safety conference where he was a speaker at the event and he's been doing plenty of research and let's say his hypothesis is that we are possibly looking at safety in the complete opposite way to what we should be He's studied high-performance coaches, high-performance teams such as the All Blacks, Seattle Seahawks, another trial that got done with the Scottish rugby team, all stemming around putting the power in the hands of the people, the players, not the bosses. Very interesting chat. You're going to love it. And if you want a bit more info or are keen to chat with Turnsy about coming to your side and possibly trialling something like this, Get in touch with him at adam at simplexi.com.au. Simplexi is S-Y-M-P-L-E-X-I. I'll chuck it in the show notes. Or, or easy way, connect with him on LinkedIn and send him a message there. So, let's get into the best and most interesting podcast episode about safety in the history of podcasting and safety probably the only interesting one about safety in the history ever, I reckon. We've finally done it. Right in person, first <sighs> time. You're over for a conference. Yes, yes uh, mate, finished up today. Um, and you're over here because you were speaking. I, I did. I did fuck. a little talk. How little? What fucking... 15 minutes, mate. I, yeah, that uh, was your time. Time. Yep. Had to squeeze it in. How'd you uh, get seconded for that? Or you had to apply? Or? I applied, yep. I went through a uh, process where they chose I'll you. I gather the fucking process was a lot longer than the 15-minute chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Not exactly sure what the process was. I think it was reviewed maybe by a few of the Aussie people. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get the nod. Very good. And, uh, yeah, but the 15 minutes was a – I had to chop a lot out of what I wanted to say and oh, some yeah. of the stuff I chopped out I wish I'd left in because it probably um, linked a bit close closer to some of the – Talks that other people did, and they mm. might have overlapped a little bit. But more. could have you? You couldn't. You couldn't wing it when you're up there because you had a presentation to conform to. 
Uh, yeah, I thought about just winging it, but uh, I tend to go off on tangents, and sometimes I uh, lose. You wouldn't have got any of the points. Yes. <laughs> the any talk, of points talk about ten different things that are distantly related, and then at the end, people go, "What was he talking about?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to try and um, manage my storyline as best I could. Well, so I I focused on three things really from uh, my talk, which uh, I think are paramount, and in they relation are. To this. So the way we look at safety, actually four if you count that, if you count that. So the way we look at safety, I think we need to change the way we look at it. Trust, commitment or compliance. So those go together. Mm -hmm. And responsibility. Well, we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah, we we can do the chat. You you don't have to chop. Here, this is your opportunity not to chop shit out. Okay. I was just um while I was rudely texting in front of you, I was actually googling Adam Turns. He was apparently a fucking famous British actor. Yeah, I'd be related to him somehow. Would you? Yeah. And they didn't think to change, not do the Adam as well. I was first, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> Episode, if people want to go back and listen to why we've got Adam on, episode 15 and 34. Wow. 34 was the good. 34 was good when you come on the second time about the future of safety, and that was the foundation of Simplexi, which is you now. Yes. Um, And we'll get into this whole chat. So if people want to go back, I would have mentioned this in the intro. Go back and listen to them. It's- um. Oh, it sounds cool. Like when that episode 34, when it's like, this is the framework, <laughs> whether any bastard will fucking let me do it or implement it is the next big hurdle. But was uh, I'm pretty sure the recap was, here's the fucking 10 golden rules, which you see, the 10 critical controls yep. or the 10 golden rules. These are the 10 things that can kill you underground. Do not break them. Get your job done however you want to get your job done, but just do not break those break those rules. Yeah. Very simple. It's probably changed a little bit since then. Mm, well, here we go. I've done bit, another bit more, been 100 episodes uh, since then. A um, bit more research has gone into it and all stuff unrelated to mining. I've mm. gone down a rabbit hole of uh, learning about, about uh, high-performance coaches. Mm. And then yeah, that's what I and but the, it's funny you <clears throat> mentioned that. So in my COVID fucking lockdown the other day, I uh, got into Formula One. Ah, drive, drive to, survive. to survive. How what oh, a we, great show! We haven't talked about this tonight. <laughs> Fuck! Once no, we, we finish this, we'll get onto that. <laughs> but um, I look at you know, look at you know, your Lewis Hamilton and all that, and I'm like. Yeah. And I did the cricket one as well, like the cricket one on Amazon. The other, fuck, this was a while back. The the test Australian test cricket fucking docker. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That was good. Yeah. Go, oh, it was when Justin Langer took over yeah. and they did a doco on the whole thing and just how fucking precious these cricketers are. Yeah. Justin Langer's old school, like, but it's like you know just the psychology mentality of high performance individuals. And yeah. I'm like, I look at being a jump operator. I'm like, that is high performance. It's like yeah. to be if you want to be one of the <clears> best at it, you've got to be. On your game for 11 and a half hours, you not make like if you make any mistake, it costs you time. 
any mistake makes you worse than someone that's not making mistakes. You got to be, you know, it's high performance. And it's like it's after watching that Formula One, it's like trying to. I'm like, right, I got to like that's the stuff I got to implement into just boring holes and putting bolts in. That's how you're going to be the best. I think you can relate it to anything. Yeah, and um, mate, they're fascinating. And um, I've got a few favourites that I uh, like, which we'll go into, but. Um, just before we start on that, you can. I think you can relate it to anything, and I've sort of related it and gone. You know what? If we compare this to safety, what a high performance team done, does, and what, and how we look at safety, they're polar opposites. So, so, high performance coaches say do it this way, and if they saw how we look at safety, they would go, "You're doing the exact opposite." Right. Elaborate, sir. This is your time to shine, Adam. So. There's, there's three three guys that I think are pretty cool. Um, one's a Kiwi bloke named Owen Eastwood. As these are high-performance coaches. He, well, he calls himself a performance coach. Yeah. And there's Dr. Michael Gervais, who is he's a Yank, um, works with, like, Red Bull, the Seattle Seahawks NFL team. Um, and then another dude whose name's Trevor Moad. And he's he calls him, I think he calls himself a high performance coach, but uh, he also he works with a he works with a quarterback specifically from the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, um, and mate, they're all uh, pretty cool dudes, and they look at the world in a in a different way, um, and they work with the top athletes in the world. Michael Gervais is, I would say. Um, probably one of the better known ones. Um, do you remember the dude skydiving from outer space? Uh, Felix Baumgarten. Yeah. The Red Bull guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Mike helped him jump. Oh, really? So he was that fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he looks after the whole Red Bull team. So yeah. any of the extreme Red Bull dudes. He's, oh, uh, so they're not just completely nuts. They actually need someone to yeah. <laughs> make them do that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's a fucking good video. Okay, so why? I guess we go into Mike soon. We're talking about him. Um, in the, he did an episode on his podcast called Finding Mastery. Um, with so this Owen, is Gervais. Yep. Yep. He did one with Owen Eastwood, and they were obviously discussing Owen Eastwood's story. He just recently wrote a book. Mm. Um, anyway, so I've digressed. Uh, but he talks, you're on a podcast. You can die. You're not on a limit. He um, he talks about coaching and he says there's four levels of coaching. Amateur. Uh, the third one is performance, high and elite. So the four levels. And the difference is sort of split in the middle. The two bottom ones are more similar. Two top ones are more similar. And there's a massive gap between... Two and three. Yep. One major difference. Now we'll jump to work. So when, say you're stuck, okay, day one at a mine. First day you go to work, what do you do? Oh, figure out where the fuck I'm going, find a buddy. Okay. You find a buddy, they go, you've got a complete day. Oh, induction. Induction. Induction, there you How long does that take? One week? Yeah. Yeah. One day. What do they do there? Um, How much telling do they do? 
telling, yep, this is the rules that are at every other site, take you for an underground tour, make you fill out heaps of paperwork, tickets that you've already done elsewhere, yada, yada. And that telling continues throughout. Probably the longer you're there, the more experienced you are. It's not as common. But uh, back to the thing, the greatest difference is the two at the bottom listen. Two at the bottom tell, top two listen. So... So the top two are the higher performing. Yes. And they listen. The coaches listen. The players talk. Ah. If you look at it from a culture perspective, right? Yeah. So what, in mining, what do they say? Who, about culture? Where's it start? Top down. That's right. Yeah. What do you reckon high performing teams do? Bottom up. 100%. Yeah, right. The top might set a, a standard and then they hand it over to the All Blacks, for instance. Mm. There's a book about the All Blacks called Legacy. Fantastic yeah. read. Yeah. And uh, they essentially, after a game, if they're playing on a Sunday to a Sunday, they have a talk after the game, say sweet, and then the coaches don't say anything again. Mm. They control yeah. – the All Blacks, if a player fucks up and gets into trouble, who disciplines him? The players. The leadership player, the player leadership team. Yeah. Oh, but it's a risky, it's a fucking risk. Like you've really got to, you got to have the people on the ground. What was the first, what was the thing I said? I said I had three things. What was the first one I said? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling. Trust. Trust, yeah. So it takes a – so <clears throat> jumping though on Eastwood, he's, he works a lot in the UK and stuff. So recently the Pommy soccer team finally made a final, first time since 1966, and Owen Eastwood has been working with them behind the scenes and never told anyone until after the fact when they said, hey, been working with it. Yeah. Uh, but he, a few years ago, worked with the Scottish rugby team who were pretty dog shit. And uh, they put in a five-year plan the first year. So he was working with the coach. Um, they put in a plan and the coach slowly handed over a period of, I think it was three or four years, to the players running the show, which they did and they had their best year ever. But yeah. I think the All Blacks probably do it the best. Yeah. From what I've – and look, I'm going off a book I've read and a couple mm. of videos that I've watched of them. But, um, mate, the books, it's a pretty good book. Can transfer it to anything really. Mm. But they they came about came because apparently in 2004 they went through a bit of a – one of their lulls or something they had and a few of the boys got on the piss and – carried on a bit and they went, hey, we've got to sort this out and they ended up coming and in the book it says they decided that one of the biggest failures they have is humility um, and they go into, uh, from that they go into uh, a lot of older traditions from Maori and Ireland and stuff and um, they base their team values on some of the older traditions which are pretty cool mm. um 
and the the coaches got together and said, right, oh, what do we what do we pick the players on? And you'd think it's speed, size, strength, speed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're saying he's better people make better All Blacks, and they stole one of the one of the, they got fifteen things that they that this James Kerr wrote about that they go off and. Um, they stole one off the Sydney Swans, which is they have a no dickheads policy. Yeah. Yeah. And mate, they just hold themselves to a really high standard. They, um, there's a thing apparently took off, and I only learn about it when I read the book, but they call it sweeping the sheds, where after every game, they actually tidy up the change rooms because they don't want anyone to look after them. They look after themselves. Mm. That was like, um, Jonathan Thurston taking the kick and tee back to the the ball boy. Yeah. That's like you look at him and what he's done. Yeah. He's a fucking multi-millionaire apparently. Like I put on a budget, went by his agent and he's fucking got properties, multi-million dollar share portfolio, yeah. successful in the media, like one of the best fucking halfbacks of all time. No, besides his fucking Coffs Harbour bloody thing when he was young. But like. That's a culture. Like yeah. that's that's what he that's the standard he set and then fucking everyone does it now. That's right. Everyone takes the and kick and tee back to the kid. There was a video of Cooper Cronk a couple of years ago putting stuff in the bin, which I think yeah. comes yeah. from mm. the All Blacks because Cooper's apparently a bit of a Oh, he'd be that way inclined, uh, yeah. Well they called him the professor or something, I think. He yeah. Was very much uh Performance kind of dude, and oh, no, everything had to be everything was scientific his, and well, his preparation evidence based, and yep. yeah, they just hold themselves to a high standard, and that's why they're at the top, I guess. Mm. But of, uh, I guess of, well, they won't want me mention their names. I'll say first names: Aaron and Robert, <laughs> who I've worked under, and uh, uh, as have I. Yeah, and that, but that's what they do. Yeah, that's their. They don't um, go putting posters up about it. Do you like them? Oh, oh I'm pretty much related. <laughs> Taking on a sun roll. That's probably why you like them because they're, yeah. they're. But that's of of I've witnessed. But I've witnessed that a site transformation to where it's like you look at it, it's like there isn't a dickhead policy, and even but the but then it, but it comes back to I see. I take on the role. It's like right. I got to. I get this shit up in an underground, like because yeah. it's good for me. Oh, bloody! I talk. I talk heaps of inappropriate shit on the radio, having a laugh, but having a laugh with the truckies, having a laugh with service crew. Like it's not not just having a laugh with me bogger and charge up. It's like get everyone involved. Yeah, and that's a. It's like a cult. Everyone's having a bit of fun. It's like a culture. It's good morale. It's treating everyone with respect and that's that i guess that bottom up thing that's you're right. talking about yeah because really it's it's kind of a funny thing when you hear people go oh the culture's shit here but people actually are part of it mm. so if it's shit you're part of the shit mm. well you are the shit oh, i've seen some fucking shit cultures fuck yeah. seen yeah. cultures where like Crews would just go to the crew room at four o'clock, and while Jumbos are just working by themselves, and 
fucking just sit there and park up and do fuck all. Yeah, like they've <laughs> done their thing. It's a it's an individual thing, then, isn't it? Mm. But that but that was the culture. But that was there. It wasn't individual because there was a whole fucking group of them, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like that shit. Yeah, yeah. But like, you don't know. Yeah, I guess that's where the no dickhead policy comes in because you can't like you can't turn it around if you don't fuck a good chunk of them off or split them all up or whatever. Yeah, it'd be. It definitely wouldn't be easy to change, no. especially if they all stayed there. You know, you. Well, I guess you is the whole mentality. Of the new, I guess, framework you're pushing is right. Who's the best in the fucking world at? At whatever they do. At whatever they do. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's mining. Um, what do they do? How do they do it? How can we apply it to mining safety, which is just a- uh, Well, actually- it's a, Well, even just mine, <coughs> mining safety's, I guess, become a fucking legal, obligatory, regulatory it fucking is. thing that has to be done just to keep everyone out of the shit sometimes. And look, it serves a fucking big purpose, but a lot of it- the box ticking and everything is just bulk ass covering for big companies. Oh, you said my favourite thing. Bulk ass covering or bulk? You said ass covering. <laughs> yeah. So I've sort of created these rules for myself and one of them is don't cover your ass. Well, like you're not adding value. That's right. Yeah. A, if you've got to cover your ass, you either haven't done what you're meant to have done or B, you don't think it's necessary. So why do it? Mm. do what's right so if you need to do something what if you do something and you've done it why do you need to cover your ass yeah what's an example my any <laughs> any paperwork stuff really yeah tick and flick workplace inspection yeah why do it yeah if you if you think it helps you go for it mm. but if you do it in the in the meeting room before work What's the fucking point of that? And then well, you go and hand it in. We get, we get paid 100 bucks a day to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> Take the 100 then, man. <laughs> Take it. If you're getting 100 bucks a day to do it, do it. <laughs> I would too. Well, you don't. Well, not really. You get you lose a hundred if you don't do them. If really? you look at that, wow. I'd be doing them. <laughs> well, let's get get past that. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to incentivize. But uh, oh wow. <laughs> Retract that statement. <laughs> oh, I did a laughing fart just then. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Where where were we? Oh, uh, regroup, uh, Adam. Was that, okay, so I'll I'll start with my talk. First thing I said before we got sidetracked by don't covering the arts was that I actually think we need to look at safety differently because. And this is probably going to hurt me. I'm not sure if it's a thing. Are you looking at me like? I'm just waiting for you to fuck. I'm like, hurry the fuck up. What are you about to say? I don't think it's a thing. 
Oh, I think. Oh, uh, that was it. Yeah. That was the punchline. That was the punchline. Oh, I don't think it was a thing what you're about to say. I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> oh, you don't think safety's a thing? No. Yeah, me neither. Because it's part of the job. So how do you separate it? Like, what are you going to do for work if you fucking- <laughs> That's the thing. I think they're on their way out. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you'll need people to do some things, but- I think the way it is now, you don't you don't need as many as there are. Mm. But didn't it didn't it get didn't it get a stage where the, it become that much of a thing that you needed more of them just to fucking keep up with the bloody yeah. But how much of the stuff registered training bloody requ- <laughs> RTO requirements? I have no idea. I think they need to focus more on training. Yeah, and. Training's a big part of it, or comp- being competent. Mm. Uh, we'll probably lead down another party. I don't know. I- yeah, so, uh, I can see where you're going. Culture, mentoring, training. It's like if there's good culture and people who are good at the jobs and teach other people how to be good at the jobs, like the accidents don't seem to happen. It's metric focus. They're like, right, whatever, you, whatever your fucking framework, whatever. How is it going to reduce incidents? That's, that's right. all they want to measure know. it, and that, they, that's it's a, it's a, they want a measurable fucking. Is it going to save us money or reduce incidents or both? Yeah. Preferably and, and both. That's the trouble I have. Is that it's how do you measure trust? How do you measure responsibility? How do you measure commitment? Mm. Yeah, it's not a like a referee like policy. It's like. Yeah, this bloke's a fuck. They did a good job here in a couple of years. Like, it's like how do what you, you need to do. You need yeah. to be uh, You need to implement it, show that it works, which I have no doubt it does. Because I don't see why mining would be the the outlier where it works for everything else, but not mining. Mm. So, well, back to the high performance stuff. All the different teams that I've read about, all the different teams that do it, whether it's sporting teams. The military love it. Mate, there's even finance companies who talk about it. And it's all the same stuff. And it comes down to high levels of trust and high levels of responsibility. Mm. Do you have to start handpicking individuals in the organisation a bit? Okay. So we'll go back to the podcast with Owen Eastwood and Michael Gervais. He talks about... A, a method study he called it that was done by the English Institute of Sport mm-hmm. and he said that because long and the short I want to know if you can implement this anywhere so the study said that 70% of behaviours comes from the environment so if people are doing the wrong what you consider to be the wrong thing you've created the wrong environment for them yeah so, and I actually said it in the in the talk. I said so. If you have people, there's the things that you see people do, and you scratch your head, and you go, "How the fuck did they come up with that to do that?" That's because you encourage it in one way or another. Because people are very good at doing what they do a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you sit on the couch, you get really good at sitting on a couch. If you go running every day, you get better at running. 
So if they do the wrong thing, they get more creative at doing the wrong thing no. and do things so more even if wrong. If people are doing the wrong thing, they're generally in a weird way, they're somehow getting positive recognition for it. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, sort it out. So at a place I worked at kind of recently, they were having issues with the truck drivers. They had new trucks. They wanted the truck drivers to drive in second gear. None of the truck drivers did. Well, one crew did very well. The other crew didn't. The crew second didn't, gear ain't fucking fast. What's that? Second gear ain't fast at all, I imagine. No, it was fast enough. Yeah. Different trucks. Um, underground or surface? Underground. Yeah. And the team or the crew that weren't kept getting the most trucks. And what do you say when you get the most trucks? Well done. Well done. Getting the tons out. That's right. So you're saying do this, rewarding the opposite. What happened out of it? Nothing really. Look, just an example. Yeah, that's that's an example. Mm. That you you are encouraging. You're saying, telling them this is what we want you to do, but then. Without knowing it, and it wasn't intentional. Rewarding results isn't good for people. Mm. Well, I can apply that to. I can give you my view on like let, if I talk about jumbo. I've I've talked about them before. Do you like talking about jumbos? I've talked about them a couple of times. <laughs> I look at uh, let's talk about safety on a jumbo. Yep. Um. I'll probably criminate the fuck out of myself, but like here we're having an honest conversation. We We've got that many we're transparent. fucking rules and shit that we ha have to follow to, you know, keep everyone happy, yada, yada. Most of them we follow just to follow them, but none of them stop me from fucking hurting myself. Most of them are fucking things of trip hazards. Um, biggest reason that I don't hurt myself is skill and technique and dedication to the job. Like, it's like I've hurt myself, like, earlier on. Yeah. Like, in fact, I've never, I've never seriously hurt myself. I think I rolled an ankle once, did that, because I jumped out of the jumbo like a dickhead. Um, but now, like, once it's all, now I've got my my pattern and my way of doing things, I'm like, I don't ever feel in fucking harm's, I'm not in harm's way. I'm just, I've got my process and that's just, I just know I'm in a safe environment. Yeah. Because I've done all my fucking bits for everything. If I could teach that to someone, it's like, this is how you, the value they'd get out of that rather than a, a fucking a training manual or a fucking these are these fucking rules and put these fucking witches hats out and yep. yada yada. It's like the value, like that's yeah, there's so much more value in that than just all these fucking rules. You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Yeah. So yeah. even if we go, that sort of leads to 
that little survey we did last time, right? Mm. And we asked the question. I asked the question: How do you, how do you, how'd you learn your job? And I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but the options were doing procedures, doing it, watching someone else, <laughs> or oh, I chucked one silly one in there like I'm fucking good at everything or something. Yeah. And it was like 70% was watching others and doing it myself. Yeah. So we should do more of that, mm. which is what you said. Yeah. You do. You do get people that don't want to hear it. Either, of course, no. <laughs> which is like, and 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 I'll probably fucking talk too much about it. I get a bit too excited, but it's like if I, if I see someone doing something, it's like, oh, I can definitely, I can do that quicker. I just want to show them how to do it. They're like, who the fuck's this trying to tell me what to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think you need it. I think you definitely need that. You know, if you could figure it out, but. There's times when someone shows you something and you go, oh, wow, that just saved me fucking hours. Mm. Oh, but it's like it gets down to the point where you're just like, oh, there's two seconds I'll save every now and then. All that shit just fucking compounds. Yeah, that's right. Two yeah. seconds. Mm. A thousand times a day. Mm. But it's sort of like, you know, operations getting so big and fucking trying to like transferred knowledge and every lot's a big I can understand why it has to go down the path of fucking massive training manuals and procedures and everything because it's like you can't just have a whole fucking crew of people training another fucking crew of people no that's right so but, like so yeah it's hard if there's like massive growth you know and mm. which would never be easy but um, I, I think there's better ways you can go about it so you're compared to episode what was it 34 yep what's the what's changed in what you're plugging to do what you're offering as uh adam turns simplexy if you're like i want to come to a site and change the way you do safety what's your i guess in a nutshell now It'd be unique to wherever you go because everyone has different appetites. Like I, I'm, I know I can be pretty extreme to one side, so there's got to be a happy medium mm. of where you, where you meet. But the thing, my thing has, would almost be a hundred percent culture. Yeah, and I think with systems you just chop them down to the bare minimum, like the uh, ten critical rules or whatever. But it doesn't have to be ten. It's just certain things. Instead of being so bulky, just have short, simple. But then you'd have to walk into a joint. If you walk into a small joint and you're like, "Yep, yeah, we're going to pretty much fuck the whole safety off. Like we're going to have our ten critical rules. We're going to focus on the culture and operators. Bloody if you and like, but there's like a catch to it. It's like if you want to. If you want to stop doing fucking workplace inspections or whatever, you got to put the effort in to mentor the people below you. Like there's a like that. But that's has right. To, yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like you can't just have your cake and eat it too. But you'd have to go in and say, right, that person has to go because they're not oh, they're not, not part of the culture. Or how do you how do you fix a person? I think they self select. So as in, like the crew sorts it out. Oh, not even so much the crew, but if a person, if so, if there's that bigger changes and they can't get on board, then 
it'd be in their best interest to go somewhere else. Yeah. But you got to you, you got to be 100% behind it. You can't go half-assed because mm. um if you do that then it won't work. It's got to be full commitment, you know? And yeah, it'd be difficult. There's no doubting that. I guess what's your ideal implementation? Fucking what do you want to do now? So I think there's a massive and you may agree or may not, there's a disconnect between how you do the job or how you want to do it and how the corporate side sees it. Maybe not even corporate, maybe even... Actually, let's put it a different way. How you want to do it and how you do it to what the procedure says. Is there a gap? Oh, yeah, 100%. So... Close that gap is my aim, and mm. it's more to it's the, um, turn a blind eye from yourself or mm. others. I think I think it's it comes from fucking everywhere, like from like corporate, corporate bloody from the client down. It's like that we need this amount of fucking meters and tons, and you're going to give it to us. Yeah. But you can't do this, 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 this yeah. to get those fucking things. But, um, geez, it'd be good if you could get them for us. That's right. So, yeah, I think the higher it gets, there's a bigger discount. I actually, I actually think that everyone, all corporate people, want it to be safe. They don't want people to get hurt. Nah. And they don't want people down here hurting themselves. But I think there's a lost in translation somewhere between there and well i think a lot of it that, a lot of it that's in now is ass covering big time but not for us it's for there's all these things in place that we've got to follow but if we fuck up and hurt ourselves it's uh well you didn't do this this or this so <coughs> it's all on you you don't get a insurance payout so you look at the system right and i probably obviously a bit of a system nerd, I guess, really. I don't – I'm a bit anti-system, but I'm system, and I know that doesn't you make any know, sense. But you know a lot about systems, but you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them in their current format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – and I'll talk about another – The how I said it, there's a finance company that does this stuff really good, and they are 100% system. Their system runs everything. They have a lot of data. They go off a lot of data, mm. and what their system tells them, they do, even if the CEO disagrees. But there's one difference between their system and the system you work with at work. What do you reckon it is? Don't know. Everyone believes in their system. Ah, why is that? It sounds like a cult. Well, it sort of is. And a lot of people say, I can't work there because they don't like how it works. And they work differently. So I'm sure people would go, we were talking about psychological safety, and I'm sure people would go into the, that workplace and go, oh, it's not psychological safe because they're extremely blunt to each other. Mm. And he goes off... Um, he wrote a book called Principles, and it's his 
his system is based. He's got sorry, not his system. His principles. He's got a couple of hundred of them, and they can be changed. But if you want to change them, you have to put your case forward, and then they look at it and reassess them. But they work. He his big thing is he creates meaningful relationships, meaningful work, radical truth, and radical transparency. But apparently they speak to each other in a way that you and I would speak to each other. Yeah. And why can we speak to each other like that? Transparency, respect. That's right. Yeah. We're friends for starters. Mm. So we trust each other. Trust. Yeah. And we, if you call me a fuckwit, I go, yeah, I don't care. Mm. Because... And his thing is, he goes, I can speak to people like that because they know that I love them. Mm. And he he talks about how he's extremely generous and then he talks about there's a difference between generosity and um, that one schoon has affected my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Self-entitlement. So he goes, whenever there's self-entitlement in a culture, Disaster. Mm. Yeah, overpaid jumbo operators. That's self-entitlement. Yeah. So if there's self-entitlement anywhere in a culture, it's no good. And he, he goes, you have to be on the the overly generous side, but with over-generosity, he expects extreme responsibility. And he goes, whenever something goes wrong, someone needs to be held account to account. And it goes every way. So he, he's actually pretty well known. There was an email that was sent to him and it was, his name's Ray Dalio. He owns a company called yeah, Bridgewater. The- Some one, so it'd be like, I'm trying to think, maybe a shift boss sending the CEO of a company an email that said, hey, Ray, your talk today, I'll give you a D. There's no way you could have prepared for it because it was crap. And what did he do? He'd be like, fuck, that must have been shit. He sent an email to everyone and said, hey, do you agree with this? If so, please let me know so I can improve. Yep. And this guy's worth fucking millions, billions. Yeah. Probably billions. Yep. So it goes both ways. He's very blunt and expects a lot from his people, but he also gives them a lot. Mm. And he's open to the feedback coming back at him so they have a system right so it's he calls it a meritocracy so it's not an autocracy which is like a dictatorship right it's not a democracy where everyone has their say it's a meritocracy so people who have the most experience say they're in a meeting there's 30 people there are two people who are super experienced have been successful in what they're talking about 28 people go, no, we shouldn't do it. Two people say, yes, we should. We're experienced in it. They go with the two over the 30. Yeah, right. So everyone's, they're always being, um, I, won't, I won't say, not judged. They're being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So whenever there's a meeting, whenever anyone speaks, they 
rate them on their authenticity, on their knowledge, on their success. They're just always under the microscope, really. So yeah. I, I imagine it's quite intense to work. Oh, I imagine it would be They're intense. always being analysed. And, yeah. Yeah. But then that super analysis, they've just gathered all this information and they seem to make pretty good decisions. And it's through a system, not the people. Yeah, but right. everyone believes in it. So how would you convert that? What would be the system in an underground mine, for instance? Well- How would you fucking convert that? First thing I would do is actually part of legislation, which is consulting with people. And everyone goes, yeah, we consult, but do they really? As in um, like a, a health and safety representative's requirements to consult with yada yada like well, not which is that. some of the things that probably don't fuck it. people are meant to be consulted in everything they do yeah. in every procedure that has been written every time something is written every time they do a risk assessment mm. you're meant to be a part of it how many risk assessments have you done oh well, i've done a few but uh, you know I'm but sorry, it's- i forgot you're an you're an engineer mate <laughs> yeah but you know it's uh Oh, no, but, like, whether I've applied myself in them, like, they just become... Oh, well, okay, when you do a JHA at work, how invested in it are you? Do you read it and sign it and then go and do the job? Like, yeah. Do you ever stop, go back to the JHA and make sure what you're doing is nah. actually what's written? No. Nah. You'd, you'd find the two out of the 30 people, it's like, right, how do you fucking do this properly? What do you do? That's, yeah, you learn it off them. So what's the JHA? <laughs> Good for fuck all. You said it earlier. Ass covering. Oh, love it. As I, don't, I don't think I've ever been involved in a JHA where it started and then the job's been stopped halfway through because something's changed or mm. the job's just been done. Yep, ass covering. Ugh, yuck. And look, I, I think they they have a place, but they need to be done properly. How would you do? How would you? What's what's your version? I wouldn't write it down. I would, and I think I mentioned it in one of the other talks we did. Why well, can't you just talk about it? No, nowhere. I don't unless the new legislation that came out last month says it must be written down. But I don't think it would say that. Hmm. I don't think it says anywhere that you have to have stuff written down. Nah, but you need a lot. You need a leader in there that's gonna. If you if something changes, you're like, right, stop. What's going on here? Let's fucking make sure we don't fucking hurt any prick here. But like, uh, that's a like. I think when it comes down to it, though, if you've got the experienced people doing it, they know when stuff's not right. Oh, I don't, but I, you I don't do see, it, but fuck, you see some people do some dumb fucking shit underground. Like, it's. Why is that? Like, is it. Young and dumb? Some people are, are they, young are and dumb. Are they trained enough? Are they just overly a risk taker? Yeah, but like, or, I think younger younger people are risk takers. But why do they do it? So, if you're saying just, younger people. Oh, just, I don't think any. They've got no kids to think about. <laughs> kids change your life a lot sometimes not for everyone like this is me being very general but like i just think some young people are just they, it's like they got no i look at stuff i did when i was younger just i would never do now yeah. like just from i don't know you just look at life different when you're young and there's a lot of fucking a shitload of young people i was as reckless as the next guy but mm. 
at work I did stuff. Would you can would people consider it dumb? Absolutely. But Yeah. But I just remember when I was young and dumb, I had the older older people that I looked up to and they'd be like, What are you fucking doing, you dickhead? Like like Is but is that to um get ahead to yeah, possibly. Look good. To yeah, trying to work harder than trying to impress else. everyone and yeah, and get better. Oh, because it's a race, especially if you got the bloody um, the jumbo bloody mongrel in you. It's like right, you just you're working towards that goal. Like that's your goal. So it's like, and people bloody probably just do dumb shit to try and get to that goal. Sometimes. And so back a few conversations ago, what happens when someone does something really quick? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the best, um, The when they talk about the, the best ever at each bloody job, none of them were the, the smooth or oh, the neatest or <laughs> really. Yeah, sometimes, but it's like it's whoever gets the big, it's all about numbers. Yeah. I think we Which might have I talked hate. about. Oh, I think I we might have talked about this in another one too. What is the one thing you never reward people for because it only ends in disaster? Ooh, like all your fucking questions are always good like this. What results? What do you mean? So don't reward them on doing good. Reward on effort. Yeah, yeah. Now that makes so sense. There's a a, a book called. Uh, mindset and it's written by a psychologist in the States and she talks about the, the a fixed or growth mindset is the yep. two things so everyone has a little bit of both but people with fixed mindsets are generally the one thing they say and it's all from when you're a young age and I read the book and I was like holy shit that's fucking me um and it's rewarding people for results. Mm. So you don't tell kids they're smart. What do you tell them? Say good effort. Good effort. Well done. Because guess what happens? Uh, yeah. They're smart. What happens when they get a bad result? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're not they're smart. So what do they do? Do fuck all, don't they? Don't try. Because <laughs> then they're not trying. Yeah, that that makes sense because I thought I was smart when I was a kid, and then I was like, grew up, and I'm like, I'll be smart enough to figure out this share market and be a fucking millionaire, and just bloody dumb me ass on it because I thought I was smart. <laughs> I didn't put the effort in. Mate, I read the book and I was like, <laughs> holy fuck! Yeah, like it's like looking in a mirror. Mm. So always reward effort. I think I said earlier, I'm like, oh, she's bloody going to be too smart for her own good talking about me daughter, so I better fucking revise, I better revise the way I say that tomorrow. Yeah. And what do we always reward in mining? In mining? Results. Yeah. Yes. So what do people do if yes. they don't get the results and are good? So what do they do then to get the results? Dodgy shit. Oh, then again, I've- uh Depends who you work for. You, are, you get rewarded for a product sometimes, especially if they can. Uh, oh, absolutely! If you can get a reputation that they'll go down to your area and know that everything's going to be looking good most of the time. It's not a perfect world down there, but that's yeah, that's a result in a way. 
It is. Uh, yeah, that's the way I look at it. I could get more results, but I'm like, yeah, I just don't. Uh, it doesn't sit me with me well leaving fucking wonky little fucking cathedrals. But then when you also have a little bit of trust, you can probably be a little more critical of people's performances too. Mm. So if yeah, yeah. So if there's no trust, rewarding results would be horrendous. Yeah. If there is trust, then it wouldn't be as bad. So what's the next step of the the program? The goal. What's the next goal? Oh, mate, I'd love to implement it somewhere. It would be good. We've had a few. Would it have to be a small show? You reckon? I'd take any show. Yeah. Uh, look, it, I've had a few. There's been a few little starts and stutters and it's definitely been a challenge. And yeah. I understand it's a bit maybe, of a quantum leap. Yeah, absolutely. It's not something out of the norm. I think it probably will be in the future. But um, And look, as I said, you can't. And I'm talking about extremes here too. So mm. I can understand what, why it wouldn't be um accepted to be honest to a certain degree but there's a place you can start and then work towards it. you can't well I suppose what would can't you chuck a d grader into a grade can you mm. what would you i guess you'd, you i guess you'd walk in and say right I'm, there'd be a few things you'd just get rid of or change dramatically what are well, they well first of all I'd, i would speak to the crews and say what the fuck do you want and then you have to work from there. Yeah. Because they're doing the job. So they really they should be telling you how they want to do it anyway. Mm. The yeah, Back to that little thing I said, competence, communication and awareness. So communication needs to be both ways in that and it has to be transparent. So that has to be there. So the people, when they go, oh, we need to do this, this, this and this, if someone goes, oh, why don't we do that? Then they've got to explain why they want them to do that way. And I'd, um, and it probably does happen. You might get your, your schedule for the week and you have your number of cuts you need to take here and there. And hmm. um, you obviously got to work to that. But maybe the explanation isn't exactly or entirely there for what you have to do. Mm. I think it, but. Like doing all this stuff, and as you said, what the crews want and everything, it's easy coming from a joint where everything's there for you heaps of parts, heaps of maintenance personnel, heaps of sparkies, heaps of assistance. So yeah. everything's easy. Whereas you go to, you might go to somewhere where there's, they got nothing, like the fucking hands are tied, like they haven't, they mightn't have the budget, they don't put the, Investing. That's right, you've got to work within what you got to. Yeah, you know? yeah. so that, that makes it difficult, I guess. Because the best, I don't know, the best culture I've been at, which is where I'm at now, Yeah, it's like coincidental that there's heaps of heaps of fitters, heaps of sparkies, good ground, no salty water, not hot, not seismic. It's like everything's in your favour sort of thing. Yeah. Where it's hard to go to a bloody deep hot, fucking seismic shithole and try and implement the same thing or get the same result there it's 
well, pretty much fucking impossible, really. But as you said, you got to work in with what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I reckon in reality, the best place to try it would be at the worst place to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, well, it can't get any fucking worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I. Uh, did we talk about me little submarine captain last time? We did. Yeah. We so did. he, he was precious. He was given the shittest submarine and turned it into the best ever. Yeah. In two years. So as in shittest as in the the seamen were shit. Yeah, well they they rate them, they audit them, they do yeah, testing yeah. with them, and they were rated D for dog shit. Yeah. And then in a year they were the best, and in two years they got the fucking best result ever. Circumstances completely different, obviously, but everyone's human, and they all they're very different, but they're the same too. Yes, everyone's got a chance, don't they? Yeah, it seems weird, but everyone is very different, but the same. They're the same. Oh, well, I hope too. Fucking, I'd love to be a buddy. I'd love to be a, a part of the implementation just to see what this is all about one day. Yeah. And look, the people doing the job have to own it. I feel I do that. You gotta you gotta have some passion. Yeah, that's right. And then probably why you like it so much there, because there's probably a lot of people there like you and Yeah, but you gotta get every like you gotta respect that fucking everyone around you's on two and one and Fucking, in you might be there for a week, busting your gut, but they're on their second week, and yeah. it's like and everyone has think a lot about of shit that going shit. On too. Yeah. Oh like, God, mate, you, you never, you never know what people have got going on at home. That's like right. they could be just struggling, like fucking, just to survive each day. But again, if you have trust, then you talk about that shit and you mm. care about them, and yeah. Isn't it? So in your little video you did the other day where you were. Talking about, uh, I can't remember toolbox mate, the toolbox meeting, <laughs> yeah. and about your fatigue. Manage your fatigue. Oh yeah, said, yeah, I don't, yeah, that one. I don't know what managing my fatigue is. Well, you do. You understand it. You're meant to go to work in a fit state. You're meant to. I oh, know it's more the first, sleep, the first yeah. night shift. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they tell you to manage your fatigue, <clears throat> and. What would happen if you said, "Hey, man, I'm tired." Yeah. What What are we going to do? I'll park me jumbo up at twelve o'clock on the first night shift because I'm tired. <laughs> That's right. Would you? <laughs> oh, just fuck no. no. Of course you wouldn't. No. I say go have a coffee, but is that really managing your? Yeah, fatigue? well, that's what I mean. Go have a coffee. I'm like, you're just fucking putting a band aid over it. Like, I'm fucking tired. It's not even I need a band aid, really. Nah. Nah. You just got to sleep. That's the only fucking thing. But like, there can't is, sleep underground. No, <laughs> but there is a, a in saying that in places that are high high responsibility, people make sure that they're in that fit state. Yeah. So go, we'll go back to the Seattle Seahawks. Their coach. He says, "Guys, I don't care. You can go on a coke bender, but you come to training tomorrow at eight a.m." And you perform. If you don't perform, you're not in the team. Mm. I don't give a fuck what you do at home. But when you're here, you're performing. Yeah. And that's the contract he has with them. Mm. So they go, if I want to play football, my life is football. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit different professional sports in that sense that it's a 
people probably don't have the same passion about it as professional sports people do. Have the Seahawks won a bloody Super Bowl recently? Yeah. Yeah. So they're good. They are. I don't really follow the NFL, but they're, um, I think they're a top team. I think they beat Tom Brady and then Tom Brady beat them. Mm, he'd be a he'd be a bloody that'd be one to get inside the head of the guys like him and Lewis Hamilton and fucking LeBron and did you see my post about Tom Brady? No, you didn't. No. Do you, do you know much about the NFL? Oh, not heaps. I know Tom Brady's real good. So they have a what they call the NFL Combine, right? Every year before they sign. Um, every year before the draft, they do testing with the people who are going in the draft. And they do like 40-metre sprints. They do jumps. Yep. All physical tests. Up until I think Tom Brady was drafted in 2000 or 2001 or something, 576 quarterbacks had done the combine. Where do you reckon Tom came? Oh, fucking shit. Let me guess. 576 the out work. of 576. Really? Apparently. Physically, no good. Yeah. He got asked about it in an, in an interview and he said, yeah, the, the, the combine's not really my strengths, but that's not the strengths of a quarterback. Yeah. So they're testing this to pick people, but... But that's like, and you look at um, Lewis Hamilton, he was like, you know, you know, five championships in a row, bloody. And he was, you know, like out to get him, like can't fuck up pretty much. The yeah. pressure on him. Obviously gone to bloody oh, Mercedes and him have gone to shit now. But it's like, it's like it was, whether it's become too much for him, I don't know, but it's like. I think it's the car. It is the car. It's the porpoising. Oh, talk Formula One after this. Oh, I am. Um, yeah, obviously, I, I love watching it. I think it's a great thing. I know nothing about cars, mm. but um, from what you, what I've gathered from that, the car's pretty important. Mm. I don't think the drivers have much between them. It's the car. Mm. Yeah, they'd have to have a little bit. They'd have to have something. Like, there's definitely. I'm sure they have different strengths and stuff like anything else. But- mm. The concentration and fucking mental side of things and yeah. shaking off things. I know what I'm like underground if I fucking something goes wrong or end of a swing and like it's a there's a bit of a flow on effect and I might something might be in my head and then I bend a bolt and that just it just that's a flow on effect. That could be an hour like from catching up shit, like just kind of thing. Fuck. Well, we, we could go somewhere. We've been talking for a while. But. We'll go. We'll finish on that one thing you wanted to go with. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> so, talk about emotions, Whoa. which we love talking about, mm. but it's important because basically everything you do is comes from emotion. So you bend a bolt, you get angry, then what mm. do you do when you're angry? Oh, Dharma, yeah, me mate up at work just punches the fuck out of the jumbo lot. The kick panel just punches it. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a legend. Just gets so angry. But, yeah, I 
I can't remember where it was, but I was like, oh, I heard someone say, I always, whenever I get angry afterwards, I always go, geez, I'm so happy I got angry. I made the best decisions then. <laughs> what, what, I don't understand that. What's got? It's saying that making decisions when you're angry is never good. It's being sarcastic. Yeah, right. Yep. Getcha. Done. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Bromance. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> it was lovely. It's good to be here. Thank you for the lovely Thai feed and the beer. Thank you. The one beer. The one beer, that's right. Just one. <laughs>